You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. So that will be something that changes over time as you teach people how to treat you. A lot of times we get frustrated thinking, why is there people doing this? Ultimately, we've set that system up, whether we realize it or not. I love systems. I love creating businesses that will work for me regardless of if I'm at the gym, coaching my kids' sports team, or on a nine-month trip with my family around the world. In our last episode, we were able to listen in to a private coaching call that I recently did with my attorney, Greg Nelson. Greg's a super high-level guy, an amazing person, and an incredible attorney. And he's built a really successful law firm. In fact, he's grown so much that he's brought on other team members and associates, but he's still really gotten bogged down in the day-to-day of running his firm, running his business. Recently, Greg started listening to the Millionaire University podcast, and he, just like you, has come to realize that I love systems. I love growing. I love scaling. I love creating something that can work without me. So he reached out to see if I could help him out. Greg has helped me out so much over the last couple months that I was more than willing to hop on these calls with him and talk through some things. We just had our second call yesterday and I reached out to Greg and he gave me the go ahead to share this one as well. In a lot of the episodes, we talk about things conceptually, how you could and how you should run a business. But I love calls like this because we're really able to get down into the weeds on real life scenarios, real life situations. So listening to this call and see how you can improve your business and your life. What are the things that you can do that'll help you reach your goals and take things to that next level? Enjoy. Hello. Ah, you got it down. You got it. I know. I was asleep last week. How's life out there? It's so great, man. We're loving it. Are you going to leave when when your time comes? I can't remember where's next. Is Bali next? Yeah. We'll be here another week, and then we go to Oahu for 10 days, and then we go to Bali. Sweet. I appreciate, again, you taking some time to talk through things. So what I was going to do today is kind of report back and then okay. tell you one specific question I've been thinking about on my mind. Is that Perfect. For you? This last week, I made a focus. Actually, it was kind of forced on me by some stuff going on. Our our daughter had some medical stuff going on. And as a result, I couldn't practice the same way, which is actually great because we're leaving town in a couple weeks, Cassie and I, head to Europe for a couple weeks. So this is actually great practice for when I'm gone. So basically, this week, after you and I chatted, I talked with both of them, well, actually everybody in the office about, hey, listen, guys. For me to be able to meet my goals, I need to make sure that I'm enabling you guys and helping support you guys. So here's the first thing we're doing. Here's my list of which clients I understand that you're responsible for. Are we all on the same page that you're responsible for these? Okay, great. And then I said, okay, so having done that, what I want to do is make sure and empower you guys. So from now on, I'm just forwarding emails to you guys. I presume you guys can read the emails. 
If you yep. have a question, come back to me with a solution. Don't just tell me what the question is. You know, awesome. make sure you understand it and come back to me with what you want to do. Or if you really need some help, tell me that you really need some help. So I can't do 10 things at once in a week. So that's what my focus was this week. Now, yep. the corollary leads into my thing to maybe talk about today is what I found is how do I manage my time? So yep. I, I found, especially because I was with Brooklyn, I had two or three hours during the day that I wasn't available. There was like one morning... I went through initial emails, went down to work out, got Brooklyn to where she had to be. And that, that was a period of about two hours. I get online. I had 75 emails. I got everything cleared up around noontime. And I was gone for a couple hours, got back on again. I had 80 new emails. Or Friday afternoon, I went golfing, gone for, let's say, five hours. Get back to my computer. There's 95 emails on a Friday afternoon. And I was like... Oh my gosh. So what, I'm, <laughs> so what I was looking at is if I have an hour of uninterrupted, I can get through all of those emails and I can push them to who they need to push to respond if I need to respond. And yep. I, what I found myself doing, which is good, was pushing the majority of those to the associate. But I'm not getting it to them in a timely manner. They're getting to them an hour or two late, or it's evening time rather than middle of the day that I'm getting it to them. So it made me stop to think about, I can spend my entire day in front of a computer screen, basically like air traffic control, uh-huh. or I need to find a way to work more efficiently, knowing that is always incoming. Of course, I've got a million calls during the day. Yeah. So that's the background that leads to my question of, how can I organize myself a little better? to handle how I work to manage this situation. This may not answer your question exactly, but first of all, I'm glad you guys are gone because I was thinking, I remember when I first started systematizing my business, one of the big things was I went to a seminar for a, a few days or a week or whatever, and I wasn't able to respond to my team and they were able to take care of stuff. And that led to us doing that a lot more, right? So you've been forwarding these emails to your team. First of all, why are all the emails coming to you? Are these clients that are reaching out to you? Where are all these emails coming from, the majority of them? Good question. So yeah, they are clients. And some of them are ones that need to be specific to me. Some of them are ones that should be going to the associates and they just have not been yet. And the third one is I'm getting copied on communications between associate and client or client and other clients and things like that. So it's one of those three things. I think they'd probably break down about a third, a third, a third, if I was to eyeball it. So a third of those sounds like you still, as at least right now, want to get. Yeah. And then a third of those are emails that are coming to you that should be going to associates. Yep. But what's probably happened is because you're so responsive and you've been so involved from the beginning, they've learned to count on you. So that will be something that changes over time as you teach people how to treat you. A lot of times we get frustrated thinking, why is there people doing this? Ultimately, we've set that system up, whether we realize it or not. So I used the example of my assistant before where I had to get the contractors to work with them and agents. But going forward, I had her reaching out to new contractors and new agents. I mean, this is going to be different for you, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But 
they didn't even know I existed. So they're going to know you exist, but it's very important. Every time you get a new client, you want to have a process and system to where you make the rules. And a lot of times that we have to believe our own rules. If we don't believe our own rules, other people won't believe our own rules, but you make the rules. So I assume when you get a new client, do they typically reach out to you directly? Like someone referred them yeah. to you? How does that happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for me, for example, when I reached out, I didn't know what to expect. I assume you do something similar with all your clients and you kind of did it. You're like, Hey, let's get Greg on. So Greg was, that was good. Greg was on from the beginning, but you could basically say, okay, cool. This is how we operate. I have some amazing attorneys that work with my law firm. Greg is a stud. He's going to absolutely help you kill it with this situation you have. Let me introduce him to you. You know, just via text or email, whatever. I'll make an introduction. Maybe we do a quick call with Greg and you. I don't know. But I would as soon as possible let Greg start getting to know me, getting to know my situation. And then you only get involved if and as and when your associates have questions. And let me ask you this. How often do you think they would have questions? How much help do you think they would need from you in most of these cases versus being able to handle it on their own? 10, 20%. I mean, that certain things that they're going to want to verify what the strategy is or what yeah. the relationship is and things like that. Okay. But you're right. And I've seen that over the last week as I've been trying to do this. I, like I said, I haven't been doing it effectively yet, Yeah. but I've been trying or at least as effectively, but I've been trying to do it. And I've seen that. I think individuals are different. Some want more direction and others are much more independent. I got to treat them differently. The client or your associate? Probably both. But I was thinking about okay. associates when I was saying. But it's teaching. It's a matter of teaching both of them and training both of them to do more on their own. And they will be able to do more on their own. Like I said, yeah. Vanessa was not even, sometimes even her like emails were poorly worded, but it's good enough. You have highly educated people working for you that can handle a lot. I was telling Tara this. This is one of the points I wanted to make to you. And this was good. I was listening to the call because I was able to hear this again. You are probably the second most responsive person I've ever met. First being this lady who was insanely responsive, which I like working with her for that reason. But I could text you or email you on a Friday night, not expecting or even hoping to not get a response until like Monday. And within minutes, you'll be responding. As a client, I love that. But it also like uh, it made me a lot of time not reach out because Greg is whatever he's doing, he's going to stop what he's doing and he's going to respond to this. <laughs> so sure, the clients like that. It probably helps you get to where you are in life, why you got as successful as you are, but it's not going to get you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So first off, I would say I would assume I didn't need as quick of responses in I don't think any of the situations as you gave. Do I like and appreciate that? Yes. But I don't know that you need to be as responsive as you currently are. Mm Because what happens is when you respond to emails, I will intentionally, unless it's, there are certain emails that I get that I do want to respond to pretty quickly. But most emails, what I found, and it's probably been about 10 years since I've been doing this. I didn't always do this. What used to happen is I would respond to an email and then I get another email back. And then I'll respond mm-hmm. to that email, I get another email back. Could have been one or two emails or someone figuring something out on their own ended up being 10 to 20 emails. <laughs> this is just food for thought. As always, you know your business better than I do. I'm just giving you things to consider. 
I'm in no way saying don't be responsive, but I don't know that you need to be as responsive as you are. And it might be hard for you with your personality, but if you can hold off on some of that, I think you'll find that your total emails will go down. You'll find that people will take care and solve more of their own problems without you being too involved, which will also empower them and help you and everybody. Does that sound like there could be some accuracy to that? Yeah. As I'm listening to you, what I'm thinking about is how would I implement that in my life? Things do happen all day, every day. Maybe the thing I need to do is move my emails to offline for a period of time, certain chunks of the day, just wait, let everything come in. I've learned that I can respond to 70 emails in an hour. So why tie up five hours dealing with the 70 emails when I could do them all in an hour if I block my yeah. time and use my time differently? Have you ever read like 4-Hour Workweek or any books like that? No, I've seen it, but I've never read it. I mean, it's an old book and it's not all, everything is applicable today, but it's more of the concept. He got to the point where he was answering email twice a week. Now, I don't think that's your situation, but he even has an autoresponder that said, I'll be checking emails this day and this day. And I'm not saying you should do that either. But if your team knows that you're only going to be checking email, maybe at the beginning, twice a day. I would like to say you get to the point where you're checking email once a day. But if they know that, they'll reach out to you in a different way if it's urgent. You'll have a different way they can reach out to you if something is urgent. Our first mentor... I won't get into the details. He owes us a car. And ultimately, he kind of disappointed us. But we did learn a lot from him. And he was a big four-hour workweek type guy. His assistant had a specific way she could reach out to him. Other than that, it was her job to handle everything, take care of all the fires. His saying was, show me the baby. Don't tell me about the labor pains. <laughs> There's a ton that you probably don't need to know or see that you are currently dealing with seeing and that you don't need to deal with, that your people can handle think you're probably too responsive too quickly. I think what you'll find is if you get to the point where you're only checking email once or twice a day, you'll automatically cut your emails in half, if not by one third. Yeah, I'm going to put it to the test because I'm not sure it'll cut them out. What it'll mean is I'll be no, not cut out. the end of an email chain and ignore you know the 20 leading up to the end. Yes, what I mean by that is you'll be spending a lot less time on email. Mm-hmm. And even with the email chains, do you feel like you need to be in every email chain? Um, not all of them. If I ever get included in an email that I don't think I should be in, I will very kindly say, hey, thanks, but I don't need to be in this. To my team. I'm not talking out to the clients. Hey, I don't need to be included in this stuff. I only want to be included in something that it is important for me to know about. If it's not, I'll let them know. Why, that's a good one to remember. We're working with Tara's brother, and there's some things going on that he didn't include me in. I'm like, hey, it might be easy if you include me in that. I also told him, I said, once we get this dialed in, because we're training him, I'm not going to want to be in an email like this. So he's already learned to try to protect me from that because he knows that's how I am. Let everyone else handle everything they possibly can. Only include me in things that I need to be included in. And a lot of times what I'll do if I am going to respond or or if someone's going to respond to me on my team, they'll say something like, hey, thanks for reaching out, moving Greg to BCC so we can go ahead and keep taking care of this. So you're blank carbon copied, but you're no longer in the chain that's ongoing. 
you should only know about the things that pertain to you. One of the things that I would do with Vanessa was she was managing 30, 40 houses at a time. And once a week, I would just go through, we had a spreadsheet and I would quickly go through each house. How's this house? How's this? Boom, 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 boom. Like an hour long call. And I knew about all the houses or maybe in 30 minutes. So in your case, it's like you have all these cases, all these people you're working with. You can meet with your clients every once in a while and just go through, make sure everything's good. Because this is your baby, right? Your business. And you care about your clients. You don't want to completely let go, but you're probably holding on a little too tight right now. Yep, that's true. Hey, and I just realized I need to jump to another call here in a minute. Okay, um, no worries. Is there anything else really quick? Otherwise, I'm good. You gave me some good hitters for right now for me to post. I'm just going to ask if you use any tools like Boomerang to manage email or whatnot. But No, what's, can, what's Boomerang? Maybe since you've got to get on a call right now, maybe look it up when you get a chance. And then we can either get on another call to talk five minutes about it, or I can text you. But I okay. use that all the time, and it might help you manage your emails. Okay. I'll take a look at it. Thanks. That's a great idea. Awesome. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Greg. Say hi to Tara and the kiddos. Talk to you next time. Okay. You bet. See you. See you Shortly after our call, I sent Greg a text telling him a little bit more about how I use Boomerang to help manage my emails. For me, just like Greg, and I'm sure many of you out there, being responsive is important. Communicating with people in a timely matter, especially clients or those on my team or potential partnerships or people and things that matter to me are important. And having emails in my inbox is like having a bunch of undone items. It takes up brain space. It can feel cluttered. So I used to go through my inbox and I would respond to everyone and everything and deal with everything that was in there. And the problem was I wasn't getting other things done. This was taking up a ton of my time, but I did it because if it wasn't done, I felt like there were all these undone things, all these to-do items that would take up brain space. It was hard for me to focus on other items. So maybe I didn't want to necessarily delete or archive the email because maybe it was something important. It just may not have been the most important thing right there. Or it might have been something that I was carbon copied in and that someone on my team was taking care of. But how did I know that they were for sure going to take care of it? Another thing I found is that whenever I would go through my email and respond to, let's say, 20 different people, thinking that these tasks were now done or taken care of, I had responded to the emails. I could check that off my list. But the actuality was, in most cases, the more emails I sent, the more emails I would get. The more problems I was solving for people, the more people would come to me with their problems. I was also keeping emails in my inbox because I wanted to make sure that certain things were taken care of. And if I deleted it or archived it, how would I know that that thing was taken care of? But when I discovered Boomerang, this all changed. Now, I know that this feels like a commercial for Boomerang. I don't have any kind of relationship with Boomerang or anything like that. Also, I need to note that I realized and remembered that Boomerang is an app for Gmail. I have not studied other apps for other email service providers out there, but I'm sure very similar apps do exist. But what Boomerang does is it allows me to literally Boomerang, if you will, any message at any given time. All I do is I put in when I want the message to come back to me and Boomerang will send it back to me at that time. So for instance, if I get an email that I think is interesting and I want to check out, but I don't have the time in that moment and I don't want 20 emails in my inbox cluttering up my inbox and me seeing, oh, I got this. Okay, where am I at? It just is, it feels like a big long list of to-dos that need to get done. And maybe some of them are more urgent than others. 
So all I'll do is I'll boomerang it maybe in a couple days, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, depending on the urgency and how bad I want to see it again, maybe a week, maybe a month, sometimes several months. Now, sometimes I'll boomerang an email thinking, oh, I've got to check out this email, but I have to do it later. I don't have the time right now. And then it'll come back. I'm like, oh, it's still not important. So I'll either boomerang it again or I'll delete it. And then eventually I either delete it or I check it out when I have the time, the capacity, and when it makes sense, when I'm able to. I've also found, and this is a little trick that I discovered probably about 10 years ago. I kind of mentioned this to Greg, but depending on the person and the situation, I found in many cases, the longer it takes me to respond, ultimately the less people reach out to me. So in some instances, like I mentioned, I want to be incredibly responsive. If it's someone on my team and we're working on this project and we're collaborating, we're going back and forth. If it's a partnership, if it's something that's going to help me grow my goals, my objectives, what I'm trying to do. You see, you have your goals and objectives and the things that you're trying to do. And then you have the world's objectives. You have everyone else's objectives for you. Now, sometimes those might align. Sometimes they might not. And for me personally, it doesn't mean I don't want to respond. I try to respond to everyone who reaches out for anything. Okay, there are caveats to that, right? There's spam, there's solicitations, there's all kinds of things that aren't in your wheelhouse at all. Like you have no obligation. You don't need to respond to those at all. You can delete, spam, unsubscribe, like whatever you need to do. But there are often good intending people. Could be friends, could be family, could be people from school, could be church. Could be, for example, people reaching out to ask questions about Millionaire University or questions about how I can help them with their business and things like that. And a lot of times, these are people that I want to help, things that I want to do, things that I want to address, but I just might not have time to do it in that moment. So those things I will boomerang. Now, there are other situations when I will reply to something, I will respond to someone, and maybe I want to make sure that thing gets done but I want them to take care of it. Like I don't want to just keep it in my inbox all day and check it out all day long. In Boomerang, there's a button that you can push that says return only if no one replies or no one takes care of this. And then in that instance, you can make sure that your team member or partner or someone did follow up, did do the thing that they said they were going to do. You can make sure that you did get an email response back. But that email doesn't have to sit there in your inbox, taking up time and brain space. On another note, as I mentioned in this call, if I am being included in emails that do not pertain to me or that I don't need to be included on, I will simply let my team know. And that trains them. That helps them know the things that I want to be included on, the things that I don't. And that changes over time. At the beginning, sometimes I want to be included on certain things as someone's getting trained or I'm making sure that I like how they're handling the situations. But then over time, there might be situations where I'm like, okay, you got this. You take care of it. Reach out if and when you need something. And when you reach out, always reach out with a solution, never a problem. Maybe there was a problem, but you did all the research on it. You figured it out. You came up with some solutions. You came to me. You just wanted to confirm, hey, this is the situation. This is what I looked into. This is what I think we should do and how we should proceed. Or we can do this or this. I'm thinking this and I can say go. Or I can give just a little bit of feedback and we can move forward. So I know we kind of got a little into the weeds on email. But this isn't necessarily just about email. It's about managing and protecting your time. Your most valuable resource. It's about taking control of your life. It's about you making the rules and then following those rules and teaching them to other people. You are the creator of your game. 
what happens where you go in your life, how the game is played, the rules that are made are up to you. You can play them any way you want. Yesterday around 2 o'clock, after finishing up school and work for the day, my family and I went to this little hidden secret local spot here on the Big Island called Narnia. I first went to Narnia six years ago with a couple of my brothers and cousins on a guy's trip we took here to the Big Island. We knew someone here locally and he took us. He said, this is my favorite spot. I love going here. Now, I knew this place was hard to find and was secluded, but I really wanted to take my family. And it was a pretty good hike in as well, and I wasn't sure if they'd be up for it. But I did my best to try and figure out how to get there. I reached out to my cousin, and he gave me general directions, and we went for it. The memories that we made just last night while cliff jumping, sliding down rock slides, swimming to and under waterfalls, just with my family, we were the only ones there, will last forever. Now, I am in no way saying that you need to go to Narnia or go on a nine-month trip around the world to find happiness and be connected with your family. I hope that's not what you take away from this. You would be completely missing the point. What I am saying is play the game you want to play. Play it in the way you want to play. Go all in. Be all in. I'll be honest, there was a moment right before we were about to leave when I was working on this podcast and there was a part of me that was like, oh, I got to finish this before I got to do this thing. And I just had this moment of clarity when I was like, why have you done and why are you doing all the things that you're doing? And the truth is there are all kinds of reasons, but none of those surpass my desire to have the connection and love with the people I care most about in my life, specifically my family. So we went and getting there was not easy. But once we were there, it was just us away from the world, away from everyone, away from everything, away from technology. And it's something we'll treasure for the rest of our lives. And those experiences, those connections, they build off each other. And it's those moments in life that you look back on and it makes everything else worth it, worth the journey. And it makes you realize the journey itself was amazing and made that moment all the better. So what's the journey you want to take? What's the game you want to play? Decide where you want to go and figure out how you're going to get there. What are your rules? No one else can decide for you. It's your game. You can't blame anyone else for the game you're playing or the rules you're playing by. Now, I realize I'm using multiple metaphors here, but I think you get the point. And what's interesting about today's lesson is we're kind of talking about big picture. Like, what do you want out of life? What's the game you want to play? Where's the place you want to go? How are you going to get there? And we talked about things like in the weeds, like email. How are you managing your email? How are you managing the way you communicate with people? How are you managing the people you allow to communicate with you and in what way? The only way other people in your life can follow the rules of your game is if they know those rules. Now, you don't need to explain these rules to everyone, and actions speak louder than rules. I played football both in high school and college, and just because there's a rule doesn't mean that rule is followed. For example, those dang offensive linemen, they'll hold you as much as they can unless the referee calls it out. Only then they might start to kind of lay off the holding. So if you're telling your team or whoever it is in your life to come to you with solutions and not just problems, but when they do come to you with problems, you're still solving everything for them, that's going to continue. So make your rules, but then follow your rules. And it's okay if they adapt over time. 
That's part of the game. That's the cool part about the game. You make the rules. You get to change the rules in the way that works best for you. So my question to you is, where are you going? What game are you playing? What rules have you made or are you going to make over time to get to that destination? To make sure you're playing the game you want to play. To make sure you're playing all out. Are you clear on the game you're playing? Can you state it in a few sentences? For me, I want to create a movement that helps people change the way they think about education. I want to help millions of people find more fulfillment, passion, freedom in life by helping empower them with the knowledge, tools, resources, and network to help them reach their financial and life goals. I want to create a billion-dollar company over the next 10 years and do it in a way that it can ultimately operate without my involvement. I want to do all of this while living an epic life focused on the relationship with my wife, my kids, my family, God, and making my physical health a priority. Those are my non-negotiables. Without that, none of the other stuff matters to me. So once again, make sure you know the game you're playing. Make sure you know the destination that you want to head to and you're doing the things to get there. And while the journey is actually more important than the destination, if you don't have a destination, then the journey isn't nearly as meaningful. Often you're just wandering and not sure where you're going. So knowing where you want to go is important and then enjoy the journey. The outcome of the game doesn't matter as much as it does how you play the game and that you're playing to win. And I'm not talking about by taking advantage of or hurting others, but by the rules that you create. All right, let's wrap this lesson up. In summary, no one can tell you how to play your game. No one can tell you the exact destination of where you want to go or exactly how to get there. That's up to you. Get clear on it. And then as you take action, as you move forward, you'll get more information and you can change and adapt as you go. I believe in you. Tara believes in you. Brian, Tyson, Brogan, the entire MU team believe in you. Believe in yourself. You got this. It's up to you, but we're here to help and support you along your way. So figure out where it is that you want to go and start taking the effective action today to get you there. On another note, Brian has started to help us send out more regular information and communication via email. We have a lot of exciting things planned and coming up. So be sure to go to millionaireuniversity.com and subscribe to the Millionaire University email list so we can keep you updated on all the amazing happenings here at MUHQ, which for us, I guess, is technically all over the place. All right, that's a wrap. Get out there, take some action, make some things happen. You got one life to live, so live it. Until next time, this is Justin Williams, your chief money-making officer and millionaire mentor, signing off from Hilo, the Big Island, Hawaii. Until next time, class dismissed.